Hey there, I'm Edwina Kennedy, registered pediatric dietitian and mom of two, and this is the My Little Eater podcast. Each week, I'll be dishing out all the best info on feeding and nutrition for your baby and toddler, answering all of your what do I do when scenarios, and helping you gain complete confidence in not only feeding your child, but in parenting as well. Every episode is filled with actionable and proven feeding strategies delivered by a mama and a feeding expert who's been there and done that. I hold your hand and take you step by step through all stages of feeding while showing you how to implement what I teach you so that you can raise a happy and healthy little eater of your own. Let's do this. Well, hello there. Welcome back to another episode. Today, I am talking all about myths about baby-led weaning that you can just pretty much ignore because I'm going to be busting through them all today. And I know there's like a ton of info out there, especially on the internet and a lot of maybe contradicting stuff. And you're probably like, what's true? What's not? And the thing is with, you know, I guess with like all things, but I find especially in the feeding world, you know, you get a lot of like quote unquote experts or like just I guess regular I don't know even how to describe it just moms or people who are teaching baby led weaning but haven't actually studied it or don't know the nutrition piece or don't know the like um, sensory oral motor piece like they don't have the real background and so sometimes even though they do such a wonderful job with like recipes and things like that they don't always give out the most correct information. So I think that's how sometimes a lot of myths start to uh, float around on the internet world. So I'm here to bust them today. So really quickly, I would say one of the more most common things that I hear over and over again from moms, dads, anyone who is just starting baby led weaning is how scared they are of offering finger foods to their baby, which I totally get. It is not exactly... The first thing that comes to mind when you think of baby food, um, having like a piece of food offered to them. And it's a little hard to wrap your head around how a baby could eat an actual finger food. And what actually really surprises me is that when I ask follow-up questions, I come to find out that their definition of finger foods is more like things like baby mum-mums and arrowroot cookies or cereal puffs, things that are super soft and meltable and made specifically and marketed specifically for babies. And when I tell them that my idea of a first finger food actually includes things like sweet potato fries and eggs and strips of chicken or a piece of toast, their eyes literally widen in shock. (laughs) And I usually hear something like, no way, my baby doesn't even have teeth. How are they supposed to bite and chew that if they have nothing to bite and chew with? And this is where I would like to debunk myth number one about baby led weaning. And that is that babies need teeth to start on quote unquote real finger foods. Actually, no, they don't. (laughs) So what I'm here to tell you is that most babies' capabilities are crazy awesome and pretty advanced beginning at around six months of age. So even if they don't have teeth yet, they can still practice eating with solid finger foods that are likely the same foods you and your family eat. So let's think about this. This is a a really good kind of way to, to convince you, hopefully. When we chew, we don't really chew with our front teeth, do we? 
Instead, we chew with our back teeth or our molars. So no matter how many front teeth your baby has, the heavy chewing is not done by these. They're not chewing with those like top two buck teeth or that little tooth that's on the bottom. That's not happening for your baby and that's not happening for you. If you really think about it, you're moving that food to the back of your mouth and you're chewing over that molar area. So that's the same thing that's going to happen with your baby. No matter how many front teeth your baby has, the heavy chewing is not done by these. And since their molars don't really come in until 18 months to maybe about two years of age, pretty much all babies are doing all their chewing with just their gums. So that leads me to the fact that their gums are pretty strong. In fact, in most areas, our babies have their baby teeth sitting just underneath the surface of their gums. So there's quite a bit of strength from the jaw and pressure that's there from the hard gums that they can actually chew really well. So think about your baby biting your finger really hard. It actually hurts. So when we do things like the squish test, which is a thing that I teach inside of my baby led feeding online course that really tests the safety of a food. So you just take your thumb and your forefinger and you try and smush down on a food. So you apply a little bit of pressure with those two fingers. And if you can smush that down, if you can squish that, then that's a perfectly appropriate texture to serve to your baby. And so if you're doing that squish test, think about it this way. We're really playing it safe. If it passes the squish test, they can actually squish and chew with a lot more pressure when they're actually using their gums. So generally speaking, you know, you can offer deconstructed sandwiches or soft meatballs or pasta, roast dinners, like all of those things can just be modified simply at the table and serve to your baby as finger foods pretty easily and definitely safely. Which brings me to my last point on this, which is even if they're using their front teeth to let's say bite pieces of food off, Um, That's not necessary at first because your baby will be gumming on soft pieces of food, which is going to soften those pieces up even more. And that's going to allow them to eventually just pull pieces off with their strong gum. So again, those front teeth are not required for biting. They are not required for chewing as long as you're serving appropriate textured foods to your baby. So for now, know that your baby can handle all sorts of different types of finger foods from every food group, including meat, and you don't need special baby products and food that literally requires no chewing because it just melts away. Your baby can do way more, and it's really, really good for them to try to do this in a safe manner, of course. Now, myth number two that I want to bust is a serious one that I have seen circulate all over social media in a lot of mommy groups I know that I've been in, Um, and it's well-intentioned advice, I'm sure, but it's definitely not sound advice. And this myth revolves around when to start your baby on solid finger foods, and that myth says the following, that babies need their pincer grasp in order to pick up and hold finger foods, which is, you guessed it, false. Before I get into why it's false, a quick definition first of what the pincer grasp is. It's basically a skill that your baby develops that allows them to hold those really tiny pieces of food. Think like peas, lentils, beans, um, shredded cheese, corn kernels, anything like that, about one inch to two inch pieces of food. And they can hold it between their thumb and their index finger. So when they're using those two fingers to pick up a food that's called the pincer grasp. Now, I promise you, you don't actually have to wait for your baby to be able to pick up these small pieces of food to eat finger foods. 
In fact, most babies don't develop their true pincer grasp until about 10 to 12 months of age, maybe a little bit earlier in some cases around nine months of age. But regardless, we definitely do not want to be waiting that long to give them exposure to these types of foods that they can hold themselves. We really, really want babies to get the practice um, self-feeding on a variety of textured food early. Once they show, you know, the developmental signs of readiness, which again is usually around six months of age, but of course that can always differ based on your individual baby's skills. So if you're offering finger foods earlier in the game, so you're not waiting until they have the pincer grasp, their eating skills will develop very quickly to be able to handle all types of texture safely. They will sooner develop that jaw and tongue strength along with other oral skills and motor skills that they need to eat effectively. They will have a reduced gag reflex a lot sooner and they will have an increase in sensory exposure to a wide variety of foods earlier which will actually reduce the likelihood of picky eating down the road. So How does a baby eat finger foods before they've developed their pincer grasp? Well, it's all in the shape of the food. So if you serve your baby long finger-shaped pieces of food, so think of the size of an adult pinky finger, your baby's actually going to be able to pick it up and hold it in their hands by wrapping their little fist around it, and that's what we call the palmer grasp. And they're going to be able to access the food to gnaw and bite on it if it's long enough that it actually sticks out on either side of their fist. So counterintuitive maybe that we actually want to be serving larger pieces of food to your baby versus smaller pieces of food, but that's actually the best way that they can eat it. And it will still be safe as long as you're serving them in appropriate textures. So think of it this way. Can your baby pick up larger objects like maybe toys and bring it to their mouth with precision? Do they like to mouth objects like spoons and teethers? If so, hey, your baby has the skills they need to bring a long piece of finger food to their mouth as well. So I hope that helps clear up that myth. And now I'm going to move into myth number three, which is that all babies can start with baby lead weaning. The keyword here is all. And the thing is, of course, I want you to feel comfortable with finger foods, but I still want you to understand that not all babies can have them right away, even if they're ready to start solids with purees. I personally firmly believe that feeding your baby should be a completely baby-led process, meaning that you are reading your baby's signs of readiness to not only start on solids, but also to move on to more and more advanced textures. So if you have not listened to last week's episode on my definition of baby-led feeding, what it is, why it's so important to follow this approach, no matter what feeding method you really want to deep dive into, you definitely want to go and listen to that episode. But basically, sometimes the signs that your baby gives that they aren't ready to start on finger foods are also the same ones that let us know that maybe it's because it's not safe for them. So let me just explain. Most babies are going to show the signs of readiness to start solids, including the ability to sit up straight and unassisted, to bring food to their mouth, that they show interest in finger foods, all of that good stuff by around six months of age. However, even at six months of age, some babies might still not quite be there yet. And so situations where finger foods and self-feeding might not actually be safe for your baby includes 
babies who are born preterm, so less than 37 weeks of gestation, babies with developmental delays. So again, remembering that feeding is a developmental skill and that we want to wait until we see those developmental signs of readiness. So sometimes it means a little bit longer for babies with developmental delays before that stuff shows up. Um, babies with tongue tie, so they're not going to be able to actually have full range of motion of their tongue, so they can't feed safely. Hypotonic babies, so what that means is basically they have a loss of muscle tone, so you'll often notice by this age, well, they're not sitting up unassisted, they can't even hold their head up, they maybe have their tongue protruded forward, they don't have that muscle tone there, so they're often drooling a lot, that kind of thing, and you'll you'll probably know you have a hypotonic baby by this point in time. And babies that are diagnosed with any type of genetic syndrome. So for these babies, starting on finger foods might not be the best option because there might be some sort of physical limitation or, like I said, developmental milestone they haven't hit yet that makes eating finger foods unsafe. So you're likely going to see that these babies are not maybe even showing the signs of readiness to start solids at all. And it's not to say that they can never safely eat finger foods. It's just that you might have to wait a little bit before diving in. So in these cases, it's always going to be best to consult with your pediatrician or your feeding team if let's say they have a speech language pathologist or occupational therapist, dietitian, whoever it is, just to figure out what is the best protocol that is safest for your baby. Which brings me to the next myth that I want to bust. And this is a huge one because I've seen so many moms feel extreme mom shame over this. And it's just not fair that they do. It is such wrong information. And again, those mommy groups out there, they shell out well-meaning advice from people, but they might be confused themselves because they may have not received information from a trustworthy source to start with. So that's okay. That's why I'm here to bust these myths for you. And so... This myth is that you can't mix finger foods and purees. So if you're doing baby led weaning, you can't offer purees or you can't offer purees on a spoon. So why would anyone think that? Well, first of all, some preachers of baby led weaning think that purees are harmful. Like literally, seriously, they think purees are harmful and that your baby gets no benefit from eating them. And Basically, the argument that they say sometimes is that puree feeding can cause picky eating and overweight babies. And basically, they just picture parents, you know, not feeding in a responsive way, shoving the spoon into their baby's mouth. And basically, all things are totally horrible, which, of course, we know is not true. But they kind of feel like, you know, they have to do baby led weaning in order to practice responsive feeding. And there is no room for anything else. So let me just clear this up right away. Purees and spoon feeding are not harmful when they're done correctly. And no, baby led weaning is not some magical method that 100% ensures that your baby is going to be healthy and not picky and skilled and yada, yada, yada. So does, you know, baby led weaning and feeding them finger foods have benefits? Of course it does. Does that mean though that puree feeding doesn't when it's done correctly? Hell no. In fact, a mixed approach can actually be super beneficial in the beginning stages for a lot of families, and it also might even just work better for your baby. So my advice is actually that you can offer finger foods alongside of purees or vice versa. And so you're using sort of a mixed approach, which will actually help your baby learn about different textures. It's going to allow you to follow your baby's lead. 
It's also going to ensure that your baby is getting all the nutrition they need. So for example, a baby that takes a couple of months sometimes even to figure out really how to eat finger foods, they might be lacking on some supplemental iron through food in the meantime. And so instead of stressing out about this, they're not eating enough high iron foods, what am I going to do? Go ahead and offer some high iron purees in the meantime and then allow them to get the nutrients that they need while they're still trying to figure out this whole finger food thing. And to add to all this, a lot of people are scared that if you offer purees alongside of finger foods, your baby's going to somehow be confused by the different textures of the whole foods versus purees. So for example, maybe your baby, or they say that maybe your baby would take a mouthful of a finger food and then mistakenly think it's a puree, and then they're going to go straight for a swallow instead of a chew, which will result in a choking incident. But that is so not true. Babies are much more skilled than that, so they can really distinguish between textures and they can tell when something is safe enough to swallow or not. That's actually what they have the gag reflex there for. Plus, how do you explain the fact that baby-led wean babies can eat all these naturally pureed and smooth textures like yogurt and oatmeal and applesauce all at the same time as being offered finger foods? Because, of course, our food comes in all sorts of shapes and sizes, and really it's just about offering a variety so that they learn how to handle them all early on. So put your mind at ease. You're doing just fine if you've already started on purees or you might want to do a little bit of a mix between purees and baby led weaning. That is 100% fine. You go for it. Okay, now the final myth that I am here to bust for you today is that Finger foods pose more of a choking hazard than purees or basically baby led weaning is a higher risk of choking than puree feeding. And this one I am so happy to say is false, although I can totally see why it can be a common thought. You see, there's been a lot of worry and preoccupation with choking risk on finger foods, especially since baby led weaning made its big debut about, what, like 12, 13 years ago or something like that. So research was conducted to set the record straight. And so there was studies that were done. Um, One of them, for example, had 206 babies that were looked at. This was a study done in 2016, and they basically looked at the rate of choking amongst two groups, babies who were fed using the traditional or that pureed approach, and those who began with baby-led weaning. And the results were super clear, okay? They found no difference in the rate of choking amongst either group. This meant that letting a baby self-feed on finger foods was just as safe as puree feeding. Now, of course, it really matters that A parent is educated on how to safely serve food, so how to safely serve finger foods and how to safely serve purees. Really, that should be a given. So as long as parents were educated about whatever feeding approach they were taking, then again, there was no difference in the rate of choking amongst either group. So the big takeaway is that although a self-feeding baby that's eating finger foods doesn't pose more of a choking risk than puree feeding, Both methods require, you know, better teaching on how to provide safe foods and feeding environments and also that parents need to be taught how to deal with sometimes unavoidable choking episodes. So this is really why I obviously ask every single parent to really deep dive into the newest research, into how to serve foods, into when to serve foods, what types of foods to serve, all the stuff because the information is confusing it's always changing sometimes it's conflicting and it's very overwhelming and I just want you to feel confident when you are feeding your baby that you are doing things safely and in a way that's actually going to promote healthy eating and adventurous eating so 
This is where I encourage you to check out my baby led feeding online course if you have not looked into it yet. Basically, this is going to save you tons of time because I've seen what it looks like when parents scour the internet and they're like fetching bits and pieces of info about feeding at a time and they're trying to piece it all together. There is nothing worse. I'm sure maybe you relate to this, but there's nothing worse than reading up on something on one site only to see something completely contradictory on another site. Like I have been there with my kids and a lot of times it just ends up with a whole lot of confusion and yes, unsafe practices. So that's why my online course will help. It's completely self-paced. It's video based and it's taught by obviously a feeding expert, me, a dietitian. I'm a mom as well. I've been through all this stuff and I will go through exactly what you need to walk you through every step in your feeding journey from six months of age all the way up to 12 months of age. So you will not be wasting time researching site after site or asking questions in mom groups and receiving multiple answers um, to the same question. You will not be stressed anymore about what to do in every single situation or what happens when something goes like quote unquote wrong. There just won't be any uncertainty, you know, like what's normal? Is it normal if my baby does this? Or what do I do if they spit this out? Or all this stuff, like how do I serve this food? But like what if, you know, my baby refuses? All these questions I cover. And it's not just feeding advice either. I want to let you know I've got uh, all the nutrition advice that you need to know, all the information on healthy eating, building healthy plates, all that kind of thing. So I dish it all out for you there. So if you are interested, check out the link in the show notes because like I said, I really think it's basically going to, I promise it'll answer all your questions. I offer also a unlimited online support group that you can ask questions in there as well and you know share your successes and your struggles and all that good stuff. So I hope that helps you and I hope this episode was useful. If you guys would not mind, I would absolutely love it. If you could leave me a review, if you could subscribe to the podcast and leave me a review, actually that would be best because it means the world to me really when I know that you guys like what you're hearing, that the information is useful to you and it really helps get my podcast out there to other parents just like you. So thank you so much in advance and I will talk to you next week. 